0: Hello and welcome to the Victory Edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason shear and it feels good to say Victory Edition, doesn't it? Uh, not only was it a victory Sunday night against Michigan, it was a butt kicking. We'll keep it. Uh, we'll keep it PG for the families at home that are listening to this. But it was one of those games that was really just never in doubt. Uh, Michigan led for 5 minutes and 40 seconds, but it wasn't a big lead. Uh, Three of those minutes were tied. Arizona led for 31 of 40 minutes. I realize that Michigan lost to Seton Hall and that the Wolverines have problems of their own. But this game is what it looks like when Arizona imposes its will on someone. And Michigan just couldn't deal with what arizona had to offer that is really the simplest way to kind of sum it up arizona was faster it was more athletic it was longer and it was just a a better basketball team and those teams could face each other in a best of seven series and i'm not sure how many arizona would lose because basketball is is often a time a, a game of mismatch a game of matchups and this just isn't a good one for michigan and you saw it right away and again i have to go back and watch it on television but in person i mean it was just clear like right from the beginning that arizona was faster and not only that arizona tommy lloyd uh coached the crap out of jawan howard and i think a lot of times we kind of make too much out of that like Oh, one team won over the other. That team was better coached. No, oftentimes it simply comes down to the personnel. I don't think that that was totally the case. Um, so we'll kind of start with the coaching. Um, and Arizona was able to get in transition, and Wichita State actually did a better job than Michigan of getting back. Um, Arizona finished with only 10 fast break points. But it wasn't necessarily the fast break that I'm talking about. It was getting into the lane as Michigan tried to set up defensively. It was 54 points in the paint. All right, Michigan finished with 62 points total. Arizona had 54 points in the paint. Um, and and what happened was is basically, you know, Arizona was just was just faster off the dribble. And I had mentioned in the pregame that. There were some difficult matchups for Michigan. And yes, there were difficult matchups for Arizona as well. But when you looked at it, there were a couple things that stood out. Um, Brandon Johns is just, it, it, it's questionable, and just, you know, we're sticking with coaching. I get that Juwan Howard is a loyal guy, and I've heard that Johns is a great locker room guy, and he only played 12 minutes, and he scored seven points, and you would to see him and, and say, oh, you know, that's, that's pretty good. But he only had one rebound, and he was a complete defensive liability. Arizona gave him those seven points. When he had the ball on the wing, they backed off. And 12 minutes almost felt like too much in a way. But what happened was the way that Arizona handled these posts was perfect. And it said, look, if, if you're going to beat us with your bigs, we want you to beat us with your bigs shooting jump shots. And you're going to see a lot of teams do this now when they face Michigan. Arizona sagged off. When Johns had the ball, he was one of four from three. He is not a three-point shooter. If you look at his stats, he's just it's just not his game. And the fact that he took four threes and felt that they were good attempts, I mean, it just makes no sense. Yeah, I understand he shot 36% from three last season. But it's not as if you want this guy you know, shooting seven shots, and four of them are from three. He only attempted one three game coming into this game, all right? He's attempted four three-pointers on the season, okay? So he's now 0 for 4, and it, it's, I'm sorry, he was he was 0 for 4 coming in the game. So it's now one of eight, right? And last season, he only had 19 attempts total. It's just not his game. And if you're Arizona, and he's going to sit back and shoot threes, you're cool with it. Hunter Dickinson, same thing. They basically didn't guard him until he got into the paint. And for whatever reason, and you can give credit to Arizona, Juwan Howard just didn't have him sit on the block. Like, he wasn't really on the block that much. And is a big, physical dude, but he's slow. His footwork is slow. And I know he's a second-team All-American or whatever it may be, but um, Christian Coloco ate him up, and Michigan never adjusted. They didn't go zone or anything like that. And it was just a, a mismatch. I mentioned pregame that Musa Daibate is a very good player, but he's more of a prospect than a player, and we saw that in this game. He finished with four points and five rebounds, four fouls, three turnovers. It just wasn't a game for him. And like I mentioned with Dickinson and Johns, Arizona played off him and said, look, if you're going to shoot jumpers and beat us that way, cool, have at it. And Juwan went to lineups that he hasn't played. Diabate and Dickinson, like I mentioned in the preview, I go, oh, they've, they've only played together like 8% of the se- you know, eight percent of the time this season. Well, he had them together at the same time because of Arizona's size. Arizona went with a lineup that it hasn't played a lot. It had Coloco and Umar in at the game together uh, at some points. And so it was a chess match of sorts, and it was one that Arizona clearly won because a lot of times when you were able to impose your will on a team, and the other team can't adjust. It goes beyond personnel. Frankie Collins played fourteen minutes tonight. That's the most he's played all season. Was decent, but shouldn't be playing fourteen min- minutes, right? Terrence Williams seventeen million minutes. Um, you know, Caleb Houston we mentioned was cold. He stayed cold, and Arizona defended him really well. Uh, Devontae Jones Kurt did a great job on him defensively. It, it was just it, in defensively. Arizona was elite there's no doubt about it on Ken Palm as of this podcast they are 10th in the nation in defense they are elite defensively through four or five whatever it may be right it may not last all season I don't know we'll see but there's very little reason to think that it won't because of that overall length speed and athleticism Um, you know you wonder how impressive of a win it will be down the road Michigan now has two losses but it's hard to see this team struggling throughout the season. Like, Michigan's still going to be a tournament team. Is it a top-five team? I don't think so, after watching tonight. But is that a disservice to Arizona if I say that? Yeah. Like, Arizona might just be a top-five team. We don't know. It's that early. And I asked Tommy Lloyd after the game, you know, is, is the secret out? And he said, secret's out, so be it. But we're only in November. Conference play hasn't started. Arizona still has to play Tennessee and Illinois on the road, which are not easy games by any means. Arizona has yet to go in a true road environment. There were a lot of Michigan fans in Vegas, don't get me wrong, but that's not a true road environment. But, I mean, there's just so much to be happy about in this game. Like, there's really, if you want to pick one negative, just to get it out of the way, uh, Arizona was 4 of 21 from 3. But, like I mentioned in the pregame, Michigan doesn't shoot threes, and you got to make sure they don't go off well, Michigan was 1 of 14. Uh, Michigan went to the line more than Arizona, 10 times more, one of the few times that, you know, probably happened this season. But Arizona made 10 of 12, right? And so, you know, overall, it's just such a positive effort. And we'll kind of, like I like to do, it kind of break it down by position. Kirk Reese is struggling shooting. It is absolutely undeniable. 3 of 12 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3. Um, the thing is, they look good coming off his hand, right? And if it, it was... Something you, you want to worry about where it'd be like just his form doesn't look right or his head's tin or whatever, they look good. And a lot of times, you know, people may not completely realize it. When it looks good, it's just a matter of a few going in and eventually it changes. And it's not like they're going to mess with anything. They're not going to tell him to stop shooting. The biggest story with his performance against Michigan was seven assists, four steals, and no turnovers. Uh, seven assists was Fantastic. He ran the game to perfection. Everything that Arizona needed to do offensively, Kurt Creaso made it happen. When he left the court, it, it kind of plunged a little bit, right? And so when he was on that court, like Michigan came back and scored like four or six points in a row. When Kurt took a breather, right back in the game, Arizona went right back and scored, right? So it was just the fact that he was able to run the offense. If his shot is not falling, when a player's shot isn't falling, you want to make sure that they're doing the other things, right? And that's what Kerr did. He did the other things. He was impressive with the other things. And so that's what you want to see. And he really got the best of Devontae Jones. I mentioned pregame, I said the biggest obstacle that Kerr has isn't offensively, it is defensively in keeping Jones off the glass. For a point guard, for a guard, Jones is a very good rebounder. Two rebounds. He had two rebounds against Arizona. That is a very big deal and one that he should be especially proud of in the team. It's a team effort, but that they should be proud of as a whole. Eli Brooks on Michigan is their best player. I'm convinced. Um, you know, I know Hunter Dickinson, I'll get the attention, but Brooks is really like the guy that makes that thing go. 14 points, 5-9 and nine shooting, 5 rebounds. Um, you know, he didn't go off. He didn't destroy Arizona, but he was by far the best player on Michigan. But they played well. Like, it's, you know, you got to give kind of a, a tip of the hat. The difference is that Ben Mathurin had 16 points. And so he finished with more points than Michigan's highest scorer, and they're at the same position. Uh, ben added five rebounds, um, only turned the ball over once. It was probably one of the most engaged defensively games I have ever seen Ben play really throughout the weekend he was engaged defensively and if you remember I believe it was last week Tommy Lloyd had a presser where he basically challenged Ben and said look you guys are the one anointing him as a lottery pick he could get there but he's got to grow and there's going to be some growing pains and we're working with him to be a better defender be a better rebounder well if this is the better defender better rebounder then yeah, this is his last year at Arizona because he's a lottery pick. I mean, he was engaged defensively. He's not going to be an elite defender. I'm not sure if he has that in him. He could because of his athleticism and length and all that, but I'm not sure mentally if he'll get there. Offensively, his game, you know, I I said that he's just a jump shooter. We've seen he's not just a jump shooter this year. They've done a nice job of allowing him a little more freedom to get in the lane and, uh, and make a difference that way and um, he's, you know, he, he's done well in that regard. In terms of NBA potential, he's probably the highest on Arizona, but who cares about that right now, right? Uh, small forward position, you know, really, Dalen Terry does it again, right? 13 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, didn't turn the ball over, saw the floor, got out in transition, you know, 13-5 to and 5, and he could have had more, just a perfect... Team game, confident, and really what made it impressive was his ability to bounce back from last game. He was awful against Wichita State. There's no denying that he was bad against Wichita State, right? But he came back and he played really well. And, uh, you know, he, he guarded Brooks at times. Caleb Houston didn't do anything. Six points. He's a jump shooter. No rebounds. One assist. Did a great job of getting the hands in his face. You know, 0 for 5 from 3 two for three from two, Um, and really Houston just didn't really do anything. Dalen Terry controlled the game. It was really impressive. Azulis to 13 points, eight rebounds, four fouls by 27 minutes. Um, You know, it's, like I I mentioned earlier, outplayed Johns and uh, Diabate couldn't do anything. And and so there's there's not a lot to say about Azulis' game. It wasn't dominant, but it was very good. And it's probably better than people are going to give it credit for, especially because of what he was able to do defensively and with his size. Now, the matchup that we all were waiting for. Pre-game, it was, I think my words were, you know, Christian Coloco has a chance to emerge on the national stage if he plays well against Hunter Dickinson, right? Makes sense. You can say that for a lot of guys. If they play well against an All-American like Hunter Dickinson, so be it he didn't just play well. He dominated Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson had no answer for Christian Coloco. The foot speed between the two is night and day. Dickinson is slow. We know he's slow. He's never going to fool anyone in that regard, but he's very strong and he's very fundamentally sound. Arizona played him perfectly. Coloco sagged off and protected the lane and said, if you want to beat me with jumpers, cool, have at it, Hunter Dickinson. He didn't want to. He wanted no part of the jumper game. He actually hit more jumpers against UNLV than he did against Arizona. And so what Coloco did was basically beat him down the floor, you know, didn't allow him to get set. And when he did get set, he went to work. And there were a few plays where it didn't work out. You know, there was one play where he turned Dickinson, grabbed the ball right from him because Dickinson is stronger than Coloco, but he's not longer. He's not more athletic. He's not faster. And Christian Coloco it's official is just he is one of the better centers in the country and that is an absolutely remarkable thing to say because i remember watching him as a you know at sierra canyon in birmingham you know and and he he just wasn't that guy right he he just wasn't he he just and and it's not that he he never could have been it was just that like you you look at a guy like him and you're like oh man you know he, he has a lot of work to do right which is fine big deal like he has a lot of work to do but the amount of work and you wonder because if you remember the previous coaching staff had said look if, if christian coloco had an all season with our strength and conditioning program he would have taken a major jump and he didn't because of covid well he did now and i'm not saying that's what it is completely i think the system fits him very well but he's one of the best shot blockers in the country and the the leaps that he has made are uh, are remarkable i mean that's just the best word to describe it they are remarkable and he deserves a a ton of credit and just super cool the fact that he got to do it with his mom in attendance this weekend you know it's just a it it was a super cool thing and he's going to start getting some national attention and and there's not many centers in this country that are better than christian coloco that's really what it comes down to and that's that's wild to say because i don't think any of us i know none of us would have said it uh, last year, uh, going back, you know, before I kind of said if there's any negatives, you know, the the negatives tonight, probably the bench, right? Warson uh, continues to struggle. Uh, four turnovers, 13 minutes, got a it, it, an ass chewing <laughs> by by Tommy Lloyd for a really bad three point attempt. Um, I am convinced that Pell is better. Now, with that said, Pella is not been killing it in practice like he was earlier on and you you wonder what that injury has taken from him Uh, when you watch him in my opinion it looks like he's trying to force the issue and a lot of times players get within their own head and instead of being patient and letting things turn around on their own they try to push it and push it and push it and it only makes it worse and i think that's what pella is doing right now and we'll ask tommy if if he feels the same way when he's made available later this week but from all the good things that everyone told me about Pella from Arizona and other coaching staffs when they landed him, you just kind of don't believe that he's as bad as he's been playing. And he's been playing bad. Like, that's, I mean, he's, there's no doubt about it. He has not been playing well. He has to be better. And, you know, you look at a game like Sacramento State, okay, maybe he plays a little bit more and we try to get him on the right track because he's the type of guy where um, he just kind of needs to see things go in and maybe that changes for him. Justin Kyr, not a great game for him. Um, you know, it, it just, when his three ball isn't shooting, it's tough for him. Uh, played 16 minutes and, and plays decently controlling the offense, but um, ha, has, you know, he struggled. It happens. Kim A can only play four minutes. That's, you know, the type of guy he is. He's only going to play four to 10 minutes. And people say why. And it's because he's not a true four in this system. And even if he is, who are you taking out of the game? Always ask yourself if this guy plays, who's not playing? Are you taking Ben? Are you taking Dalen? Are you taking Umar? And the answer that people would probably say is Pella. Well, Pella's better. He may not show it now, but they got to let him work through it. They can't go, Pella, you're only playing five minutes a game. It's going to ruin the kid. And and so they have to be careful there. Um, Umar Balo, man, him versus Dickinson was fun to watch because they're just two tanks. Uh, Five rebounds in 11 minutes. Offensively, didn't play well, right? Uh, He had the turnover over two from the field whatever I mean that's not his job Um, they ran the offense through him a few times and it was more uh, a point guard issue it looked like because there was one play where Umar got posted up and they kind of stood around and Umar wasn't the one that was benched it was Kyer they put in Kriso right after that and and so Umar's job isn't to beat teams offensively it's to beat teams with defense and rebounding and um, and he's been fun and, uh, and accurate in that regard so Overall, you know, you you just it's there's no complaints. I said in the other podcast, like if Arizona beats Michigan, I don't care if it's by half a point. There's nothing to complain about. But the fact that they ran them off the court is extremely impressive, and it allows Arizona to be confident. And when you're a team that gets up and down the court, beats teams in transition, and the offense relies on confident jump shooting as well, um, it is a big deal for for a team to be confident. And we're going to see how you know Arizona builds on this, hey, we're only a few games into the year, right? There's a lot of basketball left to be played. But um, there's a very real chance that this weekend in Vegas, Arizona beat two tournament teams at, on neutral sites. And when it comes time to, to seed and all that, uh, it's going to be a very big deal. And it's going to be curious how Arizona handles a little bit more national attention. Um, you know, and, and Tommy Lloyd made the point, he said, I may not be such a nice guy on Monday or Tuesday because you kind of got to – and Sean Miller used to do this too. You got to kind of make sure they're still staying down to earth and, you know, not reading their own news clippings and things like that. But heck of a weekend, really fun, and uh, Arizona should have a relatively easy week with Sacramento State and gets a few days off and then a few more days off and and back to it with some more difficult games. But overall, Arizona definitely looks like one of the better teams – um in the in the country you know top four in the conference you know oregon ucla oregon got blown out byu uh ucla is obviously a good team usc we don't know yet they haven't played anyone we don't really know anything about them until they do play anyone which i'm not sure is happening for a while until conference play but um it is a big deal for arizona to come out this weekend be battle tested and survive it so once again, I'm uh, I'm Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority. The time you listen to this, I'll be already back on the road for the Jed Fish press conference. New defensive coordinator coming up because Don Brown is going to take the UMass job. Um, just, just a lot happening. Once again, Arizona athletics is never dull. Don't let anyone tell you that it is boring to be an Arizona fan because we know better, right? So once again, I'm Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, and uh, thanks for joining me.